Hello and welcome to the Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. This is Bobby. And I got my Mickey out. <laughs> did you come up with that earlier or did you just... No, 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 yesterday. I was sitting there. Oh, it feels like it could be story time with these teddies. Um, you know, I could tell this story about a, a, a hero of the story, James Flood. Yeah. You know, the hairy beast that saved the village from fires or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what's this guy, fella, called? If, um, oh, and I don't who know. is he? That's uh, Tony. Tony, my man, Tony. Tony. S- sacked to his friends. Uh, <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Full of surprises. Mm. We had a good podcast yesterday, Michael. We did, Mark. And I just said, you know what? It's Monday, and I'm just going. To, we're going to have podcasts every day now. Yeah, <laughs> podcasts every day. <laughs> we'll build up a bank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm off to Poland, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I seem to be the demanding, the showbiz one at the moment. I'm. I'm leaving early. I'm coming late. I'm just taking off to Poland. It's off to join the revolution. Yes. <laughs> we won't yeah. talk about revolutions in the news at the minute. Yes, indeed. It's yeah. all a bit serious. Michael, I have a question for you to begin. Oh, brilliant. What's the laziest thing you've ever done? Oh, great question. And lions. I can be deadly bad for the lion every now and again. Um, laziest thing I've ever done. Jenny. It's just... It's not really coming to me. No, yeah. it's hard to think of a thing, isn't it? I suppose mine would yeah. be like calling Shane or texting Shane when he's downstairs from up here. Yeah. Come up here. Right. Something okay. like that. That'd be quite my be my laziest thing. But do you want to hear the laziest thing that I found someone has done oh, on the internet? Do tell. Okay, so I found this Reddit post. So this post was called, What's the Laziest Thing I've Ever Done? And this is one of the comments I found on it. So late, this is from Tupperwolf. His comment says... Late to the party, but this one is too good to pass up. I was once a US. I was once on a US military ship having breakfast in the wardroom, which is the officer's officer's lounge. When the operations officer walks in, this guy was the definition of not a morning person. He's still half asleep, bleary eyed, basically a zombie with a bagel. He sits down across from me to eat his bagel and is just barely conscious. My back is to the outboard side of the ship, and the morning sun is blazing in through one of the portholes, putting a big bright ass circle of light right on his barely conscious face. He's squinting and chewing and basically just remembering how to be alive for today. It's painful to watch. But then the zombie operations officer stops chewing, slowly picks up his phone and dials in the bridge. While, sorry, in his well-known, I'm still totally asleep voice, he says, hey, it's the OPS. Could you shift our bar path? Yeah, 165, thanks. And then puts the phone down and then he just sits there squinting, waiting. And then, ever so slowly, I realized that the big blazing spot of sun has begun to slide off the zombie's face and onto the wall behind him. After a moment, it clears his face and he blinks slowly a few times and the brilliant beauty of what I've just witnessed begins to overwhelm me. By ordering the bridge to adjust the ship's back and forth patrol by about 15 degrees, he's changed our course just enough to reposition the sun off his face. Wow. He's literally just redirected thousands of tons of steel and hundreds of people so that he could get the sun out of his eyes for while he eats his bagel. I am in awe. He slowly picks up his bagel for a moment. I'm terrified at the thought that his own genius may escape him, that he may never appreciate the epic brilliance of his laziness, since he's not going to wake up for another hour. But between his next bites, he pauses, looks at me, and gives me the faintest sly grin before returning to gnaw slowly on his zombie bagel. Wow. That's epic. (laughs) That is epic. <laughs> Fantastic. You can't help but be in awe of that, though. That is, that is such an abuse of power. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Wow. Speaking of abuses of power, actually, Mark, mm. Mm. Uh, Sky News covers the story of Colonel Alexia Savinoffo. Shout out to him in Russia. He accepted millions of rubles in bribes um, from cargo transporters, Mark, and they eventually the Russian equivalent of the FBI tracked him down. And well, he didn't he didn't do it quietly, really. He had a mansion which included many lavish rooms, including a billiards hall and even a golden toilet. <laughs> a golden toilet. This is a policeman with a golden toilet. Imagine a guard. We could think of many local ones. Imagine yeah. a local guard. With a golden toilet. A golden toilet. Fucking hell. That really is just like saying fuck you. Isn't yeah. it? Like, there, why would you need a golden toilet other mm. than that reason? Even though it was millions of rubles, I can't... Uh, it was millions anyway. But the equivalent is actually only a mere £190,000. Ah. So I imagine you got a mansion out of that and I, I bet that was sliced in a good few ways. Well, you think that that's... It reminded me, actually, Mark, of that com- comedic sketch that you sent me many months ago of your man who was a US student and he ended up kind of getting in with the Russians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bert Kreischer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant piece. Yeah, video. it's fantastic. I'd recommend anyone looks that up now yeah. if you're listening to this. Is just look up Bert Kreischer, the machine. Yeah. He tells this story on stage about how he was basically just on... Uh, a school trip learning Russian in college and he ended up joining the Russian mafia while he was over there on his trip yeah and they end up like I won't I won't spoil the story but it's very good yeah but you need to get it you just have to watch it because at the end you get a real snapshot of Russian culture you know mm-hmm. that incident where the, his uh, college class is uh, you know engaging with the the Russian policeman at the train station mm. after an incident so it's it's a very very interesting but yeah I was surprised to see that the Russians camped down on stuff. I thought that this is kind of a given. Like I thought that you, you can, but you know, your golden toilets, they're red flags. Yeah, that is a red Don't flag. Don't be doing that. And then <laughs> you can't even show it off on Instagram. Your golden no, 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 no. Yeah. But you, you, yeah. Yeah. You just think you have the world figure out, you know, you think the only route to police is, you know, you go to college and then you, you work your way up the ranks. But no, maybe there are other ways to get to the golden toilet stage. You know? Yeah, more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. It brings new meaning to the world sitting on the throne. It does. It does. Mark, have you another scenario to put to me? Uh, I do. So I have a story, right? Because I've been going on this sort of steak binge lately. Yeah. My, my no carb diet. I have a story about a steak. Oh, Okay. So this is another Reddit comment, or yeah, another Reddit comment, post, sorry. So last night, my wife's boss rang from her brand new job and invited us over for dinner. On the drive over, my wife reiterated many times to me just how important it was to make a good impression. I scoffed and arrogantly informed my wife that I always make good impressions. My wife's boss is a single lady in her 50s, so it was just the three of us. We chit-chatted over drinks and salads and seemed to be really hitting it off. She laughed at my well-timed, perfectly appropriate jokes, and my wife seemed pleased. Soon she brought out the main course, a nice big juicy steak for each of us. As I began to cut into my steak, I was discouraged to discover how undercooked this steak was. Now I've had my fair share of steak. I prefer medium, but I can handle rare. This was a several minutes on a hot grill sort of rare. I probably could have resuscitated the cow had I tried. Instead, I sat there fidgeting with my knife and fork, worrying about how I was going to get away with not eating this steak. Claim veganism? No, I'd already feigned great enthusiasm upon seeing the steak. Just then, our hostess excused herself to the kitchen to take care of some dessert preparations. As I looked across the fancy dining room table at the open window of this third-story apartment, 
a cartoon light bulb appeared over my head. I knew I had to be decisive, realizing that she could return at any moment. I committed. I grabbed the steak with my hand, gently shook off the juice and executed a perfect throw right through the center of the open window. Here's the big time FU. The window wasn't open. It was the cleanest freaking window you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> that is until my mostly raw slab of steak slammed up against it and slowly slid down, leaving a trail of bloody juice oh, in its wake. My, my wife, whose steak was a nice medium rare, was unaware of my predicament, oh. turned, jaw dropped and stared at me like I was an alien from another planet. <laughs> this look then slowly morphed into more of a there is no place on this planet you can ever hide from me again expression of demonic anger. <laughs> My wife's boss heard the thud of the steak on the window impact oh. and came quickly. Oh. She took in the scene, the steak still sitting on the window still, the blood trail, my empty plate, and then gave me an inquisitive, puzzled look. I didn't know what to say. It felt like a minute of silence, but it was probably three or four seconds. Finally, the best I could manage was, I, I'm so sorry. I'm such a klutz. I don't know. I was just cutting it and it, it slipped. Just ask my wife. I really am a klutz. Right, honey? No help, no help coming from that direction. I'll clean this up. I can't believe this. I'm so sorry, etc., etc. Both women continued to stare at me like I had escaped from the loony bin as I smeared blood around the window with my cloth napkin, <laughs> dusted off the steak, and continued to mutter my incoherent explanation. I knew no one was buying this story. I knew what I had to do. I sheepishly returned to my seat and proceeded to eat every bite of that disgusting, cold, <laughs> chewy, bloody, raw steak. I remain pretty quiet for the rest of the evening. My wife's only two words to me since the incident are, I'm fine. Wow. It gets better. So I then found a post after that from the wife who told the story from her perspective. <laughs> this actually, sorry, this actually took place a couple of years ago. I had just gotten a brand new job that I was really excited about. So I, I, was, I was delighted when my boss, who I'd been trying to establish a rapport with, invited me and my husband over to her home for dinner. Well, mostly delighted. My husband is, well, he's the sweetest, but he has a history of doing really dumb shit. Because of this, I was worried about him coming along. <laughs> by, the time the day, by the time the day the dinner arrived, I had become so anxious about it that I actually floated the idea by my boss that I wasn't sure if he could be able to make it. He was clearly taken aback. Sorry, she was clearly taken aback and responded, Oh no, I really hope he can. I have a dinner for three all ready to go. Upon seeing her dismay, I assured her that I was sure he would find a way to be there. Well, we made it over to her apartment on time and things actually started out really, really well. It was actually just the three of us, which surprised me somewhat, but made me a little less concerned about my husband, as crowds really tend to bring out his unpredictability. I had just started to finally relax and was a couple of bites into a deliciously cooked steak when things took a horrible, horrible turn. My boss had just stepped into the kitchen to check on dessert when I noticed something, out of, something odd out of the corner of my eye. It was one of those things where you know something strange is happening in your peripheral, but you're not sure what. You just have to look over and focus your gaze to really comprehend it. I look over at my husband and see him holding his steak in his hand, <laughs> hovering it just an inch or two above his plate. Before I had the chance to fully comprehend what I was seeing and verbalize something that might have saved us all from the coming horror, he threw his steak, baseball style, <laughs> across the room, straight into the dining room window. <laughs> it hit the window, making a loud noise, and slowly slid down. Now, my husband does dumb shit. I already told you that, but he's not a crazy person. Usually when he does dumb shit, I at least understand what he's thinking. 
there's usually some semblance or rhyme or reason to the dumb shit. In this case, I was just dumbfounded. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't wrap my head around what was going on. I stared at him with what must have been the most confused look and watched as he stared back at me, an expression of utter horror painted across his face. I couldn't make any sense of what was happening, but I also didn't have time to try. I heard the footsteps of my boss come in to see what the sound was. It suddenly sunk in that it didn't really matter why he did what he did. He did it, and we were all about to come face to face with a very awkward situation. I could feel the anger flush through my face. For a brief moment, I contemplated trying to help my husband to get out of this, but no, this was his dumb shithead idea, and he could lie in it. Not like there was any possible recovery anyway. My boss walks in and sees the stake lying on the windowsill. There's the longest fucking most awkward pause where we all just sit there frozen. <laughs> my boss and I are staring at my husband, forcing the ball into his court as the cringe just hangs in the air like an ocean fog. He, managedly, he finally manages to mutter up some incoherent garbage about being a klutz and even tries to get me to back him up. I leave his ass out to dry in the deafening silence. He makes a poor attempt at cleaning the window and retrieves his steak. Mercifully, my boss asks me a question about work and we both dive eagerly into the conversation. <laughs> we all resume the rest of the evening pretending that he isn't there, a sort of unspoken agreement <laughs> by all that, that that is the only way to move forward. As soon as we got in the car, my husband turned into a nervous chatterbox trying to explain himself. It turns out the dumbass didn't like the way his steak was cooked and get this, he thought the window was open. My husband, ladies and gentlemen, tried to chuck his steak out of a three-story window. He thought that was a reasonable solution to being served an undercooked steak. A year or so later, my boss hosted a Christmas party for the company at our newly built home. My best friend, Jenny, was my plus one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. And Reddit that's storytellers, aren't all Reddit posts are just great storytellers. Yeah, well, now... They know how to build up a story. There's a lot to wade through. Wade through? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, yeah, I do prefer the, the man's... The so man's perspective. Yeah, yeah. could love it. Yeah, sure. I'm such a I'm great at this <laughs> conversation. Like, <laughs> don't need to people love me when I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so funny. <laughs> you threw a steak out a window. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Here, um, uh, related to food, how many official cakes, Mark, do you think Princess Diana had at her wedding? See, I want to go for a big number already. Oh, 250. Only 23. A mere 23 oh. wedding cakes. For oh, 23 Diana. wedding cakes. I thought it was cakes in general, not wedding cakes. Yeah, I would have went lower then, I'd say. Okay. Oh, as in like donuts? Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. Pastries. Yeah, pastry, indeed. Uh, anyway, there's a large slice of cake, uh, which is includes icing and marzipan, and it's from the 1981 wedding, and uh, it's it's going up for auction. And it's expected to uh, fetch 300 or 400 pounds. That's so gross. That's yeah. definitely gone off, is it? It is, yeah. Oh. Say, don't eat it. Don't eat it. But you can have it and it still looks pretty. Oh, does it? It's not green at all? No. It's not molded? It's frozen. Yeah, it's yeah. frozen. Like Walt Disney. Mm. But like a lot of work, uh, uh, an auction house bought it in eight years ago or so. And now they're... Yeah. Would you eat a marzipan Walt Disney? Yeah, I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I was winning the Kinnaman and I was eating the Marzipan. Mickey. <laughs> Speaking of Mickey's. Indeed. I have another post from the internet. Yes. Okay, so this is, uh, we're on the subject of dirty talk now, Michael. Oh, so right. Young ears, cover them up. Turn the volume <laughs> down, turn it up, I don't care. Right, so, not me, but an old friend of mine. Really quiet, soft-spoken, polite guy. 
a total gentleman, a total gentleman and a graduate student in the liberal arts, also pretty inexperienced, tentative and vanilla sexually. He's dating this really cool girl for maybe two months. She is much kinkier in bed. She floats the idea of dirty talk and apparently she likes to be objectified from time to time. He, he, he's hesitant but wants to please her and doesn't dismiss the out, idea outright. Changes the subject and figures that they'll revisit the idea another time. Anyway, they have sex a few days later for the first time since the conversation. Really going at doggy style and she tells him to talk dirty to her. He says that he can't, he can't think of anything to say so he says nothing. And then she repeats the request, but the second time she is not fucking requesting, but demanding it. <laughs> he comes up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that? You fucking retard. <laughs> 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 I've already read this twice. <laughs> oh, he's never struck me as the one for embellishment, so I believe him. He said that way, that was it for sex that night, although they are still together two years now on. He, he sorry, he said so your man told this fellow a story is a friend of him oh sorry 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 right so (laughs) apparently he he does believe him and that they and they're still together that couple are still together Uh, two years on (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) i think i loved your reaction (laughs) the story itself again hats off to reddit there yeah um, Mark, mm. doctors in Portugal, fair play to them. Mm. They figured out why a woman was lactating from her armpit <laughs> two days after birth. <laughs> right. Of course, Mark, mm. it's polymastia. It, it mm. develops along the former embryonic mammary ridge. Now, when I read that, I thought it was the mammy ridge. <laughs> and I think that's a better name for mm. it. But anyway, sometimes it can result, Mark, in supernumerary nipples. Oh. That's, yeah. So this woman, anyway, m- milk coming out of the armpit. And so um, the, the Sky News article goes on to go back into the history of this sort of occurrence. And back in 1999, a great year for the armpit milk, um, <laughs> an 18-year-old mother could pump milk from the breast tissue in her armpit to relieve the pain. And I tried to figure out what the pain was, <laughs> but I don't know, but it was more to marvel anyway that she could do it. What would you do uh, if you were if you were able to do such a thing? I'd like I'd say you go to a coffee stall and you'd say, now what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Sorry, I have bring my own milk. <laughs> I wonder was it a nipple? Did she have a nipple or is it just a there were photos nipple? on the article, so I'm sure our producer extraordinaire Robbie will know send us the photo but basically no it's just like a little bit of tissue there and out comes the juice (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know how i feel about that yeah no it wasn't a nipple it was like as if there was just tissue tissue and it leaked i wonder what could the baby feed off that yeah looks strange you know strange the smell (laughs) the smell (laughs) does breast milk smell hmm that's one for breakfast. Yeah. If you have a sample of breast milk, <laughs> Paper Tuesdays, DM us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, 
Mark, have you heard about it? No, you haven't, but I sent it to you for reference on Instagram there. There's yeah. a, a, I love, there's an Instagram page called the Crazy Karens, and I'd say a lot of people will follow them now as a result of it, at Crazy Karens. And anyway, they really didn't find a Karen. There's this woman, and she's a for, she she's an author of the book Autism Reimagined, and she went to her local grocery store and made a TikTok-style video on the Instagram of her licking grocery store items, not wearing a mask, because, of course, licking grocery items, uh, it fortifies the immune system. So trolley door, handles of fridges going up and licking them, giving a good lick now. And uh, bags, you know, the bags for fruit and veg, just lick, 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 because, of course, germs fortify your immune system. And it, it really, the video, because her, she's beaming with a smile for this mm. video. So it's a real up yours um, to the whole uh, whole COVID joke. But uh, anyway, this author now has since apologized for the video's insensitivity. The one who made it has. Yeah. And by the way, I should preface this. She was American. But maybe well, I didn't yeah, say no, that. that goes without saying. <laughs> Why? Like, did you really think she wasn't going to have to apologize for that? Mm. She was obviously doing it to be inflammatory. Yeah. I wonder, did she have, like, her audience and she was doing it for her audience? Yeah, it was a bit... I don't think she was doing it for the public... Uh, public per Peru. And she had the chat with her. Yeah. So if that kid gets in trouble in school, like, how can she give out to him? <laughs> Mom, you licked the fucking <laughs> handles in Iceland. I'm yeah. all for, I'm all for licking things and stuff, but, like, I don't make these talks out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Irish grannies have been saying for years the children are too clean and now yeah this woman is just taking it to another level they are I, I agree with the grannies yeah yeah we should be opening them up more they should we should eat meat with dirty hands <laughs> um do you have another sound? I do I have an interesting story now this one is kind of creepy it's not actually a funny story but it's very um very captivating it caught my attention okay. so this story is called the whistler oh so I've been waiting. This comes from Bing Bong One Two Three Four. Come on, Bing Bong. So, I've been waiting a long time to cut, tell Reddit the full story of the Whistler. This story requires many details, but it is unexplainable, creepy, and one hundred percent true. I also have video evidence. When I was about eight years old, I was taking my dog for a walk through the neighborhood with my mom. It was maybe eleven p.m. We were next to a swamp slash woods area on the edge of our neighborhood in Lansing, Michigan. I remember it being very silent and slightly windy. From down in the swamp, we heard somebody whistling at us. It sounded like some sort of bird, but each whistle was different. Different enough where the lack of consistency made it human-like. The whistle sounded higher, then lower. I can't really describe it. My mom had a concerned, slightly terrified look on her face and grabbed my hand and said that we should go inside quickly. I didn't understand because I was too young, but seeing my mom freak out like that made me freak out too. After a while though, I kind of forgot about it. Two years later, I was taking my dog out again, late at night. There is a large bush that could easily obscure a person behind it next to the front door. I was finishing the walk, the whistling noise started again. Same pitches, same inconsistent, human-like tones. As soon as I heard it, a chill went down my spine, and I remembered exactly the feeling of seeing my mom terrified looking down into the swamp at something I couldn't see, and maybe she couldn't either. I ran inside as fast as I could. Years went by and I thought about it less and less. I told only a handful of people about it and eventually it slipped my mind. Fast forward to last summer. I'm 24, started dating my girl Sarah. We moved out to South Dakota for work. For Independence Day, we decided to go to Pierre SD, I presume that's South Dakota, and watch the fireworks along the bank of the Missouri River. There was a free camping spot behind the hospital where you could pitch your tent, hang out and see the fireworks up the river. 
We were near the end of the campground and there were very few people around us. As it was getting dark, the fireworks began. They were pretty far, sorry, they were pretty far away, so the illumination they brought was very little. Thus, we had to sit right on the edge of the river to see them. A huge thunderhead was moving in and the storm was imminent, so the air seemed electric and the wind was picking up. The atmosphere was eerie, to say the least. The police boats herded all the other boats off the river and had to leave our area to do that elsewhere. Most of the other campers walked up the river to have a better view of the fireworks, but Sarah and I stayed back and were drinking PBR Tallboys and kicking it. Suddenly, we heard the sound of a paddle methodically dipping into the water. We saw a figure steering a canoe about 20 metres offshore. Sarah decided to go get more beers from the car, leaving me alone to stare at this mystery person. And then, of course, they whistled at me. My entire body was frozen and covered in goosebumps. It was the exact same whistler from my childhood, more than a decade later. I looked at the figure, but it was much too dark to discern who it could be. They were wearing a hat. When they were perpendicular to the shore from me, they stopped paddling, turned the canoe to face directly at me and whistled right at me. I was so frightened, I stood up and shouted at them, who are you? They didn't say anything, just whistled a couple more times, turned the canoe 180 degrees and paddled out of sight. I am a videographer, so I already had my camera by my side and was taking a video of the fireworks. The canoe was almost out of sight. I grabbed my camera and got a shot of them whistling as they went away. When Sarah came back from getting beers, she was very confused as to why I was so freaked out. When I explained, she freaked out a bit too. I was convinced we would both be murdered that night. How did this whistling person follow me after 14 years all the way to South Dakota? Was it a coincidence? Why was it the same whistling noise? Who was that person and where did they go? So many questions still unanswered. To this day, I'm more afraid of being outside in the dark where I might hear that whistling again. I'm open to any explanations. If there's any interest, I will find a plug and edit the video of the fireworks and the whistling noise and the canoe disappearing. I'm in Uganda currently and the internet is spotty where I am, so I'll do my best. Uh, and we have the whistling video. I've sent it on to Robbie, so hopefully he'll be able to play it in this. I, I just saw a few seconds of it earlier and it is... It is an eerie setting in that, you know, it's dusk and uh, it's beautiful. You can hear the water lapping all right, but you, you you hear that whistle and it is a distinct one. It's not like it's a, it's definitely a human whistle anyway. Yeah. You were, you were taken by it as well. Very, yeah. very, very interesting, very unsettling. Mm. Mm. I wonder what it is. It's so strange, isn't it? Yeah. There's three times he's heard that whistle and now he's hearing it 14 years later on like way far away from his home place. Yeah. Yeah. You'd love to know if anything has come since like uh, that video has something like 600,000 views on YouTube. So I yeah. wonder like has anything come from... Um, I don't know. Well, that Reddit post was six years ago. Yeah. Genie. Mm. Um, in other news, Mark, in Sky News, um, rail enthusiasts got married on a train from London to... Or from London, Houston. So uh, yeah, there was a competition actually, Mark, mm. for couples to get married on a train. 
Mm. Right, of all competitions, I've never heard of that. So, out of 150 people that entered, <laughs> um, Laura Dale and Jane Magnet, they've committed to staying on the same track. And uh, they won the contest and they were delighted because they're trail, rail enthusiasts and they actually met on a train. So, ah, yeah, they're here. I never got the whole train thing. Why? You know, train spotting and people love trains. Yeah. Do you get? No, no, I suppose it's more planes here. You like, like planes people. too? Oh, you mean? I just know people that like, they they get a kick out of going up to Dublin Airport and parking in that area where you can watch the planes take off and all that. Do they? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. And then it's the whole thing of, oh, this is a bigger one than the last one. And it's, you know, that whole entertainment value. I don't mm. get it. I don't get the machinery things. I don't get cars either, really. Cars, yeah. yeah. I don't get the the obsession with. It. Yeah. Know. Like it was good crack being out in the car when you're we were younger, like or driving around and parking up and talking. But I was it wasn't about the car, like. But yeah, know, people do seem to take it to the car, like yeah. it's about the car and about going to see another lad's cars and listening to him from the car. Yeah, how he can make the car go around in circles. And... It's a <laughs> it's a culture thing as well, actually, Mag. It's very interesting you bring it up. Um, if we ever go west, I'll bring you to Bell Mullet in Mayo. Mm. And they they have a culture there. If you are 18, you're going to do the leaving cert and you're going to get as good a car as you can. Really? And every Saturday night, the, this little, small little town village is flooded in these fantastic cars. Like they're immaculate condition and they're great quality. Like they're, you know, they're either high end boy racer or they're, they're a, a decent car, you know. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but again, that's, we're in rural Ireland. What else are we going to do but talk about the car? Yeah. It's great. Um, what else have I got for you here? Oh, yes. Well, in Sky News, Mark, um, there's a stamp that is a British Guania one cent magenta. It's I think it's 165 years old. And this stamp, Mark, guess how much it's worth? Four grand. 6.2 million dot pounds. And this stamp, they think, is the most valuable man-made uh, product ever, gram for gram, because mm. this product is only uh, barely a gram or whatever. Mm. But anyway, it's brought to an auction house from New York to London, and um, it had protectors that carried guns for this piece of paper, a massive security operation with security guards taking time breaks and all that. And now it's with the collector. Um, I think it's like a collector auction house in uh, in London, so... There you are now. A bit random how a stamp can carry such weight. Why? Like, why is it worth so much? I, uh, it's rarity, I think, and it's age and it's quality. Uh, it's tiny. Apparently, it is tiny, but um, the detail is sufficient anyway. Where is it from? Um, I think it's British anyway. Sure, it must be one of those Empire stamps markets. Uh, so, but it, it ended up in New York, and then it was going back to London. So, back to the home place. Oh, there you are. What a life for a stamp. Mm. And in other news in London, uh, police are warning people not to climb into beach holes. There was an 18 year old and he spent the whole day digging a, a hole in the beach. And around half five, he said he'd get into the hole. I sure didn't the, cave, the, didn't the hole cave in on him. And several locals and beach lads were digging him out. And um, even emergency service personnel came. So the policemen, police people, or the police say that, uh, you know, you're not to be climbing into holes. You wouldn't do it in your garden, so don't do it at the beach. Sand is partial to collapse, and its dry weight can be one ton per meter cubed. So you can't be doing that, lads. No, no. Stay with the holes. Mm, yeah, I think we're going to interrupt these stories now with one flash flood. Lads, 
Loose chippings, right? I don't get the idea behind it. It's just laziness <laughs> from the council in, in my book. I see in the time of the good weather, there's hard coming off the road. What did lads do? You have a lad standing in the back of a trailer, throwing a handfuls of a grit and stone out on the road. That's going to make quite a difference, all right? Like, why can't they just uh, redo the road? What goes loose chippings going to do? You get about two months over, and you have chippings up on the... <laughs> up in front of the house and you were sweeping them off the road and just making a mess and cracking windscreens and just getting all over the place being a nuisance don't they all do the bloody thing right no no do I they lose chip and settle is that what happens I don't know answers on a postcard please <laughs> uh, I just know them because I put them in the ditch I'd say you know like you just but yeah I was in the road in Cork there and it was it basically I it may as well have been driving on those chippings yeah it's um Makes people drive slower too, which I don't like. People take the yeah. Took me ten minutes to get over to the gym today. I had a ten minute commute. It's fucking ridiculous. Normally takes three, like three or four minutes, ten because someone was driving so slowly. The bridge confuses some people as well. The bridge, yeah. See, some people think they're being careful by driving slowly, but they're not. Mm. They can cause an accident doing that. Give me a stomach ulcer. No. So you can make you get better. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I kind of get get spells where I feel a bit lightheaded or sick. One, yeah. I'm having my own name at the minute. Yeah. But uh, in general, I'm fine. I'm back in for my second vaccine next week on the twenty second. Then two days later, I get my blood results. So right. I see then if there's anything more serious. Yeah. It needs to be taken care of. But for the most part, I feel fine. Like still training, still working in the gym. No mm. matter. Yeah. Fair play yeah. to you. Mm. And like a trooper. <laughs> Um, very brave very brave big boy <laughs> big boy Mark <laughs> uh, oh yes this is a good one actually um, would you believe it Mark that loading man finds $130,000 taped to the bottom of his fridge uh, police what? in South Korea said they're investigating after a man bought a used fridge online and found the cash taped to the bottom. So he was cleaning the fridge and he just found it taped to the bottom. And so, um, oh, South Korea's lost and found act states the cash will become the property of the man who bought the fridge if the rightful owner can't be tracked down. Gosh, oh. a lot of work has gone into it. The money will become the property of the state if it is found to be, have been involved in the crime. Oh, interesting. Oh, uh, a 2016 report in the Korea Times, shout out to Korea Times, sure. documented the trend of people keeping their money stored in kimchi fridges amid record low bank interest rates in South Korea. The report said an average uh, fridge can hold up to $895,000 in cash. <laughs> wow. Talk about putting the money in a cold place. That's a good one. I tell you what. They're in the right Korea for it, aren't they? If they want their money back. Yeah. You know, the other lad, he wouldn't give you a penny. Kim Jong-un. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be looking for food in the fridge, never mind money. Um, keeping it local now, the director of Photo Wildlife Park in Cork has said that they are hopeful one of their great white pelicans will return from his staycation in County Wicklow. So yeah, wow. this is this great white pelican looks absolutely marvellous when he's spotted there at, on the Avoca River. River. This is not the first time he jetted off to the southeast in 2018. He went to Wexford. Shout out Wexford. Uh, he travelled there and travelled back. So they're hopeful in photo wildlife that the, the pelican will return sometime in September or October. Um, they, they, they're they they're happy that he got the time away, but they prefer if he stayed in the wildlife park. 
and uh, they say that there's a chance he could head off to the continent, but they're confident that he will return. Wow. Yeah. So he wasn't in an enclosure and he just kind of tro- flew off? Like. Flew off. He was tagged all right. I wonder, like, are they our wings clipped? Because I know some places they clip their wings all right so that they can't fly far. But they clearly they haven't clipped his if he's able to go from Cork all oh. the way to Exeter. Don't we? They might if he goes back. Mm. Teach him a lesson. Mm. I used to tell people that uh, this year that I got bit off by a pelican. Oh, missed a piece of my right ear. It was one of these things. I was a joke first, and then I uh, think you did it for two truths and a lie once. Did, did you? I? I think I did. I did. Yeah. Because it's one of these things where I said it as a joke once, and then I said it as a joke twice, and then I kept saying it, <laughs> and then it became this thing where I wasn't sure if it actually happened or not. <laughs> so then I had to verify with my mom that it didn't actually happen. Right. Because when we were younger, she told me a story. We were down at some wildlife park, and it was a pelican wanted to take me off her. Mm. She was carrying me, and the pelican wanted a go with me. Like so, yeah. that's how I came up with that. Story for that, but I'm actually just inbred. (laughs) (laughs) No, if I was inbred, I'd have three years, I'd have more years than I need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another news, Mark, that there is a council in England, right? And they're appalled as a new Banksy artwork has been defaced. Oh. So look, that there's the mouse there. You see it, Robbie will show up. Oh, sure. yeah. So nice that's mouse. a lovely, yeah, yeah. That was Banksy when he was on his holidays in Suffolk in England. And then some a graffiti artist outdone the graffiti artist by graffitiing it with that. What is that? Imagine doing that. Yeah. It's mad. But it's it's a mind blowing really that you know graffiti can be a graffiti. Yeah. Uh the council, as councils would be, they are absolutely fuming. And mm. they they are actually going to look at to see if they can um restore it mm. to safeguard it. They're going to professional restorers to take out um to, to undo the damage mm. so there you are now we still don't know who Banksy is do we no so they can't call him in and say go again go again yeah. will you come back for your holiday I wonder would they arrest Banksy if they seen him doing it oh yeah if they seen him finishing up that mouse we'd say was Banksy in Gory was he at Paddy Blue's wall oh maybe you're on fuck <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's the same letter on the fuck wall that I did on the little theatre I doubt it. <laughs> something to me says. <laughs> Who is your man on the side of Little Theatre? Or is it a lady? It looks like the teacher from Harry Potter. Oh, I think there are a few characters from theatre in Ireland. I don't, but I don't know any of them. So I'm not much help to you. They did a good job on it. They did. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out to whoever done that. Yeah. Um, have you anything else from Reddit? Uh, no, no. I, I have no newspaper articles. So. Um, have we any parting thoughts? No. No parting thoughts, only live long and prosper, stay safe, wash your hands. Yeah. Now that Joe Duffy's not saying it anymore. Yeah, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. Thanks to Shane, thanks to Robbie, thanks to you, and uh, namaste. Namaste, patreon.com forward slash paper Tuesdays. Give us money. <laughs> That's a good way to finish. <laughs>